Welcome to We Think, We Talk, sponsored by Select Care Pharmacy, a pharmacy that is non-retail but that services the smallest of group homes to the largest of skilled nursing facilities with prompt attention and care and world-class customer service. All right, welcome back to another episode of We Think, We Talk. I had to bring Joshua Trout back in because we had such a good episode last time. That was what, about a month and a half ago or so, Josh? And we talked about leadership and everything that that went through that. And we had such response um, of people just reaching out. And, uh, you know, curiosity is always something that people, you know, they they feel like they know us a little when when they hear us. Uh, But I think they hear the highlights. Yeah. So what I really wanted to do with this episode is give them a true honest picture of who, who you and I really are uh, so, so they don't know or so they don't automatically ap- appear it, to themselves. It doesn't appear that we wake up in the morning as superheroes, you know, in our shower. <laughs> we wish. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We wish. And, you know, as we get as we're getting out of the shower, you know, the cape is being put over us and, you know, the shoes are put, you know, in, and all the thoughts are already in our head. Uh, you know, we don't have that magic. Um when I told you right before we started this, I said, I'll start off with kind of a story that always is what drives me. And this shows you how every person in every level of every life can can go hurt. So let's take it back a long time, okay? All right. We're going to take it back to around 15 or probably 15 years old, 16 years old. It, it was right before I met the girl who is my wife now, okay? My brother, who was like super stud hero guy okay picture football hero six foot three probably 180 still holds the school record for the 40 in full pads you know this is the guy right so the man the man and picture me at 510 probably 280 you know i could play golf now i could tear (laughs) i could tear golf up but you know I was not him. Yeah. All right. So individualism, you don't learn till later. You know, right. who makes you, right? Well, this girl he was talking to, one of the many at the time, I'm sure. <laughs> I guess she had asked him, said, Hey, do you have a brother? And he's like, I have a brother. Well, the good thing that my brother does is I I believe he loved me. Because he he hyped me up. He was like, you know, oh yeah, he's you know, he's a bigger dude. He He's a different kind of guy, da-da-da-da-da. Well, the whole core to the story was she had a younger sister that needed an escort to a junior police officer's ball they were having, and I believe it was in Greenville, somewhere in Greenville. Mm-hmm. And at the time, growing up, I lived in Williamston, South Carolina. And so I was supposed to meet her. I guess her parents brought her to this little halfway market, this furniture store in say, Piedmont area. Mm-hmm. Well, she got out of the car. I met the parents. It's polite, and, you know, everything I could do right, you know. And she's, from what I can recall, you know, she was a, a, a pretty young lady. Everything, you know, I was like, this is going to be a fun day. Well, she gets in the car, and we start driving to where we're going, and I notice I'm talking, but there's not a lot coming from her. And so we get closer and closer and closer to there. And probably 10 or 15 minutes before we are to arrive, 
she just looks over at me and she has a tear coming down her face. And I said, what's wrong? Because I knew I didn't say anything off the area. I think I even like had really worked to make sure Journey was in the CD. So it couldn't (laughs) couldn't be anything controversial, right? That's great. Yeah. And uh, well planned out. Well planned out. I thought. I think. I think. I mean, I had obsession on. You know, who can say? Who can say no? Uh, you can't resist. You that. can't resist that. Right. <laughs> and so we came to a stop sign, and she just looked over, and she she looked at me, up and down, peered at me, and she said, "I just can't go in with you. I'm embarrassed to go in with you." Mm. And now, when you're at that age as a guy, like fifteen or sixteen, yeah. You have to hold composure. Yeah. And you have to play it off like, well, why? Mm. I re- I do remember saying why. Yeah. And her response was, you're just too big. Mm. Now, you want to talk about a transfer truck should have just hit the side of my yeah. car at that yeah. moment. To the core. But I kept it. Mm. I kept the composure because I remembered still who I was. Yeah. You know. And did not say anything adversely negative to her, which in the back of my brain, I wanted to go off. Like I wanted to slam the car off walk the rest of the way, Yeah, you know, whatever. But I didn't. So I dropped her off. I told her, I said, well, will you be able to get home? Yes, I will. But she never locked eyes back at that point. So it was this big party and it was at one of an older type white plantation house. I still can see it. Yeah. And then I just drove on and came back home. Well, of course, it started turning in my mind, and I and of course I was angry, mm-hmm. but I let the anger somehow go away. Which normally, you know, you had tears and you're fill up in your eyes, and, right. and you're wondering because you know I knew I was a bigger guy, but at the same time, you know, I thought people wanted bigger guys that would go to the gym at the time, and I was just very confused about the whole situation, you know. And then I thought I was gonna go home and punch my brother in the head for like <laughs> hyping me up too good, yeah. you know, or yeah. whatever. But then. Probably by the time I got halfway back to a red light, there became a, I don't know, a fight that an internal fight that I'd never felt before jump inside of me. Hmm. And this fight was, I will never in my life again, feel what that is, whatever kind of pain we want to describe that as and whatever I've got to do. And I know it's just not physical, Mm -hmm. you know, sure. I can go, anybody can go to a gym. We all could do whatever to lose or do whatever. Right. But I wanted to put myself in a position of knowledge and power as to people would want to be with me in a, in a public situation right. versus it being blind date type situation. Right. So from even to this day, I truly feel what that felt like. Mm-hmm. So that's one portion of my life. Mm-hmm. Now, thank God, wasn't long after that. I met Lori, my wife, who was still, we just got done with our 25th wedding anniversary as we were talking back in. And, uh, and I can say that Lori was much finer than the girl that, (laughs) that did not want me to go to the ball. Of course. I mean, by a hundred yards. So God knew what he was doing. Amen. But maybe God knew what he was doing on that trip too. Yeah. Because it gave me an ambition or a drive to, be humble always, but gain respect mm. in, a, in an internal power that I don't think I would have got any other way. I don't think any other lesson could have brought me what that showed me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have later in life, mm. but maybe I needed it sooner. 
And that forever changed the course of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That even changed even changed my grades. Wow. Because I remember thinking I will never have anyone think I'm not good enough. Mm. Now that's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah. Um been there, I know what you mean. But at the same time, it served more, I'd say, as a blessing than than a curse. Yeah. Um, because that was a hardcore impact. So writer, that one was for you. There you go. Um because I had someone write in and said, you know, what was the defining moment in your young, young teenage yeah. life? That story is the most defining. Yeah. Do you have anything like that? I do. You know, first of all, I just want to say, you know, I, I apologize you had to go through that. You know what I mean? Well, it's Because it's, 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 you know, what's funny is how many years later, and I can just see it in your eyes. Right. You still feel it. Oh, I feel it. You know, and, and I've had those moments too, you know. Um, you know, I would say I would take my moment back to uh, elementary days mm-hmm. um you know i i grew up uh uh had a lot of illness mm-hmm. um was very sick um i had learning disabilities mm-hmm. I, I was not the smart kid um when i say learning disabilities i mean i was five years old before i even learned how to speak right i had to go to uh, easter seals uh, to mm-hmm. learn how just to just to talk basic uh, mm-hmm. words um but i can take mine back to um i believe it was uh third grade second or third grade Um, you know, reading was very, very difficult for me. Um, you know, again, when you can barely talk, Mm -hmm. you're, you're so many years behind reading, right? What are you going to do? Um, but I remember there was, this was actually, uh, a teacher. And, um, if you remember back in the day, you would all sit in your, your chairs and everybody would read like a couple sentences Mm -hmm. and the next person would read a couple sentences. Um, well, when it would get to the point when it was my turn, um, he would make comments and say, oh, here we go, Josh is up, he's gonna go ahead and stutter, this is gonna take forever. Mm-hmm. He would say this out loud to oh, the wow. students. Yeah. Um, and uh, the students would laugh and point, and you know, um, it was a struggle just to get through those two, three sentences by mm-hmm. itself, let alone having your uh, your your fellow um, you know, students um, and some that were supposed to be friends, mm-hmm. um, but also the person you were supposed to trust the most in that room, mm-hmm. making fun of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was very, very difficult for me. And there was a point where uh, after so long of this going on, um, I remember having this moment of, like you said, just deep to the core um, sadness and, and frustration and, and anger um, that I remember, and I don't remember much from my childhood because I try to get rid of it. Right, um, me too. But I remember I said something to him. Mm-hmm. And basically called him out in front of everybody and said, you know, you're the teacher. You shouldn't be doing this to me mm-hmm. and making fun of me. Mm-hmm. Um, he called me up to the front of the room and uh, picked me up by my shirt and slammed me against a chalkboard wow. in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, to this day, and as I'm telling you the story, I can visualize looking out amongst the classroom and everybody laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, to this day, it, it gets my blood pressure pumping, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, so I've had many things, I think, throughout my, my childhood uh, and growing up that have played a part on where, where I am today. But I think that was probably the biggest moment that I can remember that just um, – I think it put a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, I can see it. I can <laughs> yeah. see it in your face yeah. too. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's one of those core moments. And, and now that we're older, yeah, I look back and, and it's not that I appreciate the moment. Mm-hmm. 
because people don't realize how scars run deep. But I also understood that moment made me realize early mm-hmm. about even even the best people around you that never talk bad about you or never do anything will follow a group. Mm-hmm. They'll laugh with the group. Yeah, they'll do whatever. Yeah. Um, another where someone else had sent an email. Uh, another thing that helped develop sort of or or move me mm-hmm. in a certain way. I'll never forget this. I grew up big as a child, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's say a normal kid was, say, 70-something pounds in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Let's say I was probably 110, right? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which we knew later in life, this helped me. So, but, you know, you always would get teased. You know, you you still hear about bullying. Bullying still happens today. Absolutely. They put all the bullying boxes they want out. and and, uh, It doesn't stop. I won't say what school it was, but but I, I went to a school... It was in the upstate of South Carolina, and they were showing me their program and everything. And I said, wow, you have a bullying box. And uh, I said, open that box. And nobody had a key for it. And then eventually the person that opened, and it was over a year and a half worth of notes. So nobody even opened the box. (laughs) This is a true story. So this was just a year and a half ago. but For sure. But, yeah, for sure. But if if you go back, I don't know if everybody was required to have a home economics class. That's where they used to teach you how to do everything, include cook. Mm-hmm. Well, the worst thing you can do is have a chunky kid <laughs> in a class that cooks. Because I tell you, I already knew how. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, my my grandmother was a dietitian we were at, at a hospital. I, oh, I could kill it. <laughs> Whatever you wanted. Well, I'll never forget it. Well, we were sitting there, and uh, I guess we had cooked that day or we had done something. But this particular teacher, this was eighth grade. Mm-hmm. This particular teacher had put on a video. And it was uh, uh, two or three Lazy Susans, one smaller, larger. Mm-hmm. It was a three-tier table, you know, and the Lazy Susan is where you spin it. Right. And it turns, and everybody at the table get, can, you know, kind of get what they want. Correct. Well, this video was made to be a funny video. Mm-hmm. So it showed this one person sitting at a Lazy Susan, turning it, grabbing one thing off the top. Well, as the video went on, you know, four or five seconds later, the video started speeding up. And it was, mm-hmm. and then the person was just doing this. And the teacher in front of the class goes, well, there's Andy. Mm. And instantly, once again, one of those moments, Mm. one of those moments that went, you know, I should have said something to her, though. Right. I didn't have the Josh in me yet. Yeah. But everybody looked at me, and of course, everybody laughed. Yeah. You know, because everybody thought that was funny, except me. So I do remember getting up without even asking. I thought this was me being rebellious right. and just going to the bathroom. Yeah. I'm sure I went to the bathroom to cry or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. But I did tell my mom on this one, and my mom made a call. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how. I don't know what it did. I don't know if it did anything at all. I'm not sure the outcome yeah. of that, and I haven't brought that up to her in years. Yeah. But needless to say, I went. And next year was high school, mm-hmm. right? So. That 10th grade year, I got through that regular year of high school where nobody cares about anybody because we're all scared we're in high school. I made myself lose 153 pounds. Wow. And I did it because of that, Mm. because I thought that would take. Not for the right reasons. No, no. All the wrong reasons. You're supposed to do it for yourself. Right. You're supposed to do it for your health, your conscience, everything. But I did it as a uh, shield. Because I thought, well, you know what? As many problems visually I can take away 
that people could make fun of me mm-hmm. or, or say things behind my back about me, the less I'll have to face. Yeah. Which now I know that's an untrue statement. Right. So I did that and literally got to 152 pounds. Now you can look at my frame and know 152 is not supposed to be. Yeah, right. It's right. just That's not. I mean, skinny. look, I have room yeah. now, yeah, so. but 100 Your structure. But 152 is a not that's not a place to be. No. So but I did it over a summer. Wow. And I can't say every way was right. I was going to say you definitely not healthy. Uh it was not a healthy way. <laughs> yeah. Um literally walked into the high school for the next year. Walked by people that had been friends of mine since elementary school. They didn't recognize me. Didn't know who I was. And then once they did, the first question, do you have cancer? Are you sick? No. I just went on this program. You know, I actually took all summer and worked myself to death over it. And anyway, by this time, I was dating my wife. Mm -hmm. And she would even be like, you don't look right. Yeah. So years later, it took seven or eight years for me to gain weight. After that, because of the paranoia she caused me at seventh grade. Mm. And my wife was never happier when I gained weight back because mm-hmm. my wife's little. Yeah, My wife, at the, t- at the time we were dating and everything, she could eat 17,000 pounds at a buffet mm. and still come out 99 pounds. Don't you love people like that? Oh, you know, I just look at her and just, I don't snarl. <laughs> I'm like, how do <laughs> you do you. that? It's frustrating. But Good for them, though. But she was happy with Andy she knew. So this wasn't the person. And she said, you know, that even changed your attitude. But for me, I just wanted to see what it was like walking into a belt store right. and buying something off the rack at whatever size it said and knew when it would fit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do, actually, yeah. Um, but so now a lot of people with the email had actually came through, and it said, where do you get your confidence from now? Hmm. My confidence doesn't come from what I'm wearing hmm. now to answer this person's question. Mm-hmm. My confidence doesn't come from um, anything that I've been taught through the normal school system. Mm-hmm. Even though I do appreciate a bunch of teachers that I had, I had some mm-hmm. good ones, and and I can read and write because of them. Right. But that's not the core. No. The confidence came where I finally decided that the only way I'm going to make everything positive regardless of how I look or how I act or regardless of what I wear or what I drive is me, me searching for my own destiny, Mm -hmm. me living out my best life. Mm -hmm. And that is how I can come on a show Mm -hmm. or I can get in front of 1500 people Mm -hmm. and not worry about what they see. Mm -hmm. I now worry about what they hear. And what they hear, they walk away and it's, it, it, they become blind within three or four minutes to what they're seeing. Right. They're starting to hear and open up their, open their, that's country. Yeah, there. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, I find them opening up their ears, mm-hmm. which in turn opens their heart. Mm-hmm. And then I've not had a program since out of college that I've spoke or worked with people that after the fact that they came up to me and shook my hand and said, you are so fat, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, right. I have those, right. you know, I really can work with, with what you taught me yeah, or you can give me. So every day I see the same thing in the mirror that people see, but I can see what they can't yeah. is my heart right, and what I'm going to do with it that day. Right. So to answer the question on that email, 
Um, that's my heart is what motivates me. There's a book. You may have read this book, The Alchemist. Have you read that book? I have book? not, but I have heard about it. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I have to, I have to t- check it out. It, it's a real short read. Okay. But after reading that book, that mm. settled the deal too. Yeah. Because you have to become one with everything, and mm. including yourself. You know, you have to understand that the wind doesn't ever have a home, right? It's just there. Yep. And we're just here testing out everything great that's been put. But we choose our actions. We choose what we want to do. I could do what I do for for malice reasons and make way more money. Mm-hmm. But I choose to do things that make people happy or help people. Right. Whatever the case may be. I, I mean, if somebody can't figure out a problem and I happen to be walking by and see it, and it's not cheating as long as it's on a test, mm-hmm. I may say, hey, look over here mm-hmm. to help them. Yeah. And I get more gratification from that. Yeah. But that young life, I do believe, molds us to be the people that we are. Mm-hmm. What made me think of you is on your past episodes, you made a comment that stuck with me hmm. so much. I said, and I told you, I told my wife, I said, I got to get Josh back on to talk about our early lives. Mm-hmm. You said, quote, if you were to ask my schoolmates, would I be a CEO of a hospital? Mm-hmm. That I said, Josh, that dummy. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me hard mm-hmm. riding down the road because how many other people that we, that, that you and I know mm-hmm. or work with that we find, find them brilliant. Mm-hmm. How many of them have had something like that? Yeah. And I said, you know, you saying that lets me know that you still think of that. Every day. Have you had an opportunity to go back to your hometown and meet with these people? I haven't. Uh, you know, funny side note. Well, no, I guess I shouldn't say funny. Uh, I got a call two weeks ago from my dad, uh, which still lives up there, and says, hey, uh, uh, that teacher uh, just passed away yesterday. <laughs> you know, and it's it's one of those very weird moments where um, – you don't want to have a, a negative thought about someone passing away because that's someone's loved one, right? It is. Um, but uh, it's. I did have that moment of man. I just wish I could have just seen him one more yeah. time. Yep. You know, but but what's that get me? Right. It gets me nothing. Right. Yeah. Um. And and uh, uh, I have gone back. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I I don't go back a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um. Just because I think that you realize that those people weren't my people. Right. You know, they weren't my friends. They weren't there to mm-hmm. support me. Um. And um. I could sit there and and be uh you know pitiful and and be sad over it, mm-hmm. or I can just say, well, that was my past, and that's that's not who I want to be connected with, and and find my own journey and my own people, and that's what I've decided to do. You right. Know? Right. I'm I'm a big believer that we are who we align ourselves with. Oh man, so true. Um, and but I did have something positive happen to me mm-hmm. last week. Um, you haven't heard this yet because it has not been released. Okay. But this this drew a circle to one of my endings. My previous alma mater of high school reached out and said, "Hey, um, we're doing a job shadowing day." Mm-hmm. And uh, and what worked out perfectly is one of my wife's best friends, her child mm-hmm. is in that school system that I went to hmm. and said, uh, 
you probably have the coolest job. And we would like for this young man, uh, his name's Garrett. Mm-hmm. I call him G Money because <laughs> this kid plays every sport. I'm telling you, he's going to be. Yeah, I'm going to have Some, to watch out for special. him. Oh yeah, but he's 11. Okay. And they asked me if I mind if I mind having him come to the studio for job shadowing day. Yeah. You know that meant more to me than I think he'll ever know what it meant to him. Mm-hmm. Now, I did a whole show with him. I learned a couple of things. A, 11-year-olds are not like we were. No. Okay. Uh, Much more advanced. I'm going to tell people to listen to this show for the simple fact, because there's questions I asked him. I said, Garrett, what should we do as adults that you guys see us being stupid at? (laughs) That's a great question. The answers he gave Mm -hmm. should make us stop and, and listen, because hmm. he's seeing it from a, a young person's eyes mm-hmm. in today's world mm-hmm. and how we're acting. Hmm. And it's just through clear eyes. Through absolutely. Clear, clear, clear lenses. You know what they yeah. say, you know, the truth comes through babes. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'm not calling him a little boy because mm-hmm. G money earned it. He has a vocabulary of a 75 year old man. But, you know, I know this is the first podcast that's actually took a serious situation and ask a kid. Yeah was his thoughts, the same seat that I've had CEOs and doctors and president of companies. And I asked him literally the same things Mm -hmm. and I was amazed. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Daniel out that produces out there. It was amazing. Wasn't it, Daniel? That's crazy. Uh, it it was just like, what, what's happened? Yeah. We've missed it. So that episode is a must. I can't wait to hear that. Because it's because it brought me back to where if, if, Mm -hmm. if me and you were at 11, we wouldn't be asking each other these questions. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't know how to. You know, I, I mean, we knew where to go down the block to play a ball game, mm-hmm. but the real world situations mm-hmm. that we're faced with, mm-hmm. this kid knew. Yeah, and he knew it a little from his mom and dad. Mm-hmm. He knew what's been hidden from him, mm-hmm. like what we as adults don't want to tell the kids. Right, and I think our generation. I don't think our parents hid a lot from us. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would turn down the news mm-hmm. or I don't think papers were, no, don't get those. Mm-hmm. It was just if we were interested to pick it up ourselves and read it. Right. You know, but the world today has kind of everybody doing those sidebars. Yeah. Well, those kids know it, mm-hmm. but they know it from school because can you imagine in the school setting, the sidebars that are happening right now? No. And the kids are so curious. Yeah. They just want to do, but he came here and he got. All, he even got to help edit edit his own little show. Oh wow, that's great! And, uh, so Good for he, him. Hopefully, he'll go back and he'll be the rock star of yeah. the school. Yeah. But the biggest thing for me, I hope some of the parents yeah. that listened to this were some of the people that got in my life at negatively. Mm-hmm. Will go back and go. Well, look at there. It's kind of like that Toby Keith, you know. Uh, you can hear me on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, what about me now? I, yeah. I've, Not be braggadocious. No. But, you know, hey. I, I've had those moments where it's popped in my head, you know. Yeah. You know, it just it just turns that way. Yeah. Where where in your life when when you're having those reading troubles mm-hmm. early? Because, you know, that's, for you it was reading. For me it was math. Okay. Um, I still don't understand how two plus two mm-hmm. is four. Yeah. <laughs> I just trust it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What or how 
did that difference? Where did where did that where did you start to overcome that? Was there anything in particular with someone, or did something click in your mind? Yeah, you know, I was I was blessed to to have the opportunity to um, go to Easter Seals, and and I had right. a, a special person that um, uh, took the time to really work with me um, in detail, mm-hmm. and um, you know, she uh, I couldn't imagine the work she had to put in on me, <laughs> you know, um, but she definitely helped with that, and then going through the process through the schools, you know, I was able to get. Uh, put into learning disabilities. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically what they've learned was, uh, I had a disconnect from, I could have the information in my head, mm-hmm. but, but by the time it got to my fingertips, I lost it. Mm-hmm. Right. So recall you got it. So, you know, I would take a test, know everything the next day fell it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what's going on? But they would read me the ant the, the questions and I would tell them the answers. Yes. They're like, well, how did you fail this? So, um, you know, there was a lot of it was a lot of uh, hard work um, that I had to go through to um, learn how to learn. Right, right, and and I think to answer your question is, I don't know if I've ever be, ever fully over overcame it. Right, right. Um, I think what it has has turned into is I've learned how to adapt and I've learned how to learn my way. That's right. that's a great point, and I think that's where we really go wrong in the in the education system. Mm-hmm. Is um, and I get it. You got to have multiple people, right? You have right. to have the resources to do it. Right. So this is by no means bashing the education system, um, but we cannot have a cookie cr- uh, cutter approach. No, no, we're all different, right? Right, and that's what we shove on these kids and mm-hmm. shoved on us as kids, and mm-hmm. that's why you see people that have failed. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those ones that struggled, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it took most of my time in, in, in school and graduating to be able to get out in the world and kind of learn who I was right. and learn me, right. right. To be able to learn. So I, I think that was a long answer, but I think that I, I, I'm still learning today. You know, can I pick up a book and read it really fast? No. Right. You know, uh, do I have to take time to really focus? I do. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I think the difference is, is it's, I acknowledge that and it's okay. I don't think that I'm stupid. No. You know, we're back in the day I did. Right. You know, and, and to the point that now I'm even working on writing a book. Right. right. So, right. Um, uh, it's still a struggle. Well, you know, with, with, with me reading, mm-hmm. reading comprehension's always been, I've been decent, I would say. Mm-hmm. Nothing, uh, no scholarly. I couldn't repeat pie for you the entire book. Yeah, Um, I found personally to adapt. Mm -hmm. I would either have a Audible. Mm -hmm. I love Audible. I'm the biggest fan, especially if the author reads it or Scott Brick. One of the two. Yeah, I'll get it. But believe it or not, there's Monster makes this uh, headset for me. Uh, not just for me. You can purchase this anywhere. Yeah. Um, instead of me sitting at a keyboard, because you know I'm writing a book as well. Correct. I find when I'm trying to physically write it, I go back to my old habits of word confusion, mm-hmm. of not knowing where to put in the right place, right, or not even be able to build up to a mm-hmm. to a, to a, a spot that I, I'm trying to build up to properly. But I can tell you the story. Yeah. And I can be excited telling you the story. This has helped me. This was less than a hundred bucks. Okay. Hmm. And you do this little test with it. It's it's more like learning your voice so it understands your words. And now 
and it's it's got stop and go words. So if I'm in the middle of it and want to stop, I can just say a certain word that I got programmed with mine, so it d- doesn't keep recording, and I can have a conversation with some man through the house. Oh wow! And then say, and the words are like like mine. I think one mine is lime and lemon, because that's something that's not said right. a lot in my house. Sure. So therefore. You know, now if I have to use that in the word in the book, which I don't think I have yet, mm-hmm. I'd have to double say it yeah. for it to understand that I'm actually not saying the off sure. word. But it actually puts on paper exactly and it corrects hmm. my grammar and puts the semicolons where I need a stop and a break. Yeah. And it's really progressed the book a lot further. And then I'll go back and read it or have someone that I trust. And they see more motion in it yeah. than if I'm doing like this because I've already I'm building up to something, but I can't type as fast yeah. to that emotion point, so I lose it. Gotcha. So this really is the editor of all editors. And after the fact, I'll give the book to a true editor. Sure, right. And let them let them do their thing. Yeah, then feel yeah. bad after the red pen comes. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, I found that to be helpful. So um, you may want to look into it. Yeah, it's like, it's like ninety bucks. Yeah, I might want to do that. You know, what's so unique is you know I I I was one and and still you know I, obviously I can read. Uh, that's not no longer a problem. But I'm yeah, just not the read. fast a fast reader like most. Right, right. right. Um, but what's so funny, and I think this is what's so cool about the human brain is. You know, I may struggle to read per se in a in a fast in a fast kind of way, um, but I love to write. Yes, I love writing. You can put me in front of a computer and mm-hmm. just say go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember when I was doing my master's degree and I'm writing all these papers. I'm able to sit there and watch a TV show mm-hmm. and write a 16 page paper mm-hmm. like it's nothing to get a straight A on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, it's just I love it. Right, you know, but what's funny is you give me that that paper when I'm done, and I got to read it. I'm like, I don't want to do this. Right, right, <laughs> you know what I mean? right. Now, I I feel like I have a gift. I, I I'm of curiosity. Yeah. Okay, so that's why I love a show. Yeah. Because I'm curious. I like I, I like to ask questions, and as you know, there's not really a question I won't ask. Mm-hmm. You know, I always keep. Now, if if I am going to ask you the questions, you know, the microphones aren't on. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. If I really want to know, <laughs> but. I think that's a wonderful gift now that I've embraced mm-hmm. because we all, as whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult, whether you're a senior, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think we all find we're all curious mm-hmm. about everything. Still, mm-hmm. um, you know, if if somebody starts to tell a story and you're sitting, let's say, at a table near them, let's mm-hmm. say you're at Panera, and somebody's telling a story behind you, you don't want to be the guy listening, but you're listening, and you almost don't want to get up till you hear the end of it. And you don't know these people and you'll never see these people again, but it's a story. Mm-hmm. And it's a story of somebody's life. And being that I'm not a world-renowned author or I'll never be a Brad Meltzer or, or a, uh, uh, a what's Dan Brown, you know, who wrote The Da Vinci mm-hmm. Code, I feel like in my own right, I can ask people the questions that, cur- that, that, that really satisfy my curiosity mm-hmm. until about an hour afterwards. Yeah. Because... I can ride down the I can ride down the road. I do this so often, and I think my wife gets so mad at me for doing this because she hears my voice enough. She's like, "We're really gonna listen to one of your shows." I'm like, "Well, I haven't listened to it like fully done." Yeah, because when they get when when uh, Daniel and Matt launched them, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a surprise to me as it is to anybody else. Yeah, and I'll listen to the show, and there's a lot of information that I have forgotten that that I spoke about to somebody. Mm-hmm. 
and I start to find it entertaining, mm-hmm. you know, and and I do block out my own voice because nobody likes the sound of their no, own voice. Not at all. So you just have to get past that. Yeah. And uh, but once I get past that, I end up thinking, oh, that was just God, that was really interesting. Yeah. You but know? you also pick up on things that you didn't pick up on the first time. Right. That's Absolutely. what I like too, you know, because yes. I think it also changes your perspective with how you're feeling that day. Yes. You know, you can always get, you can listen to the same thing over and over again and get something different out of it each time. Each, each and every, each time. and every time it's, and you know, a lot of people don't pick up on this where I have learned, uh, now, especially one-on-one because like what we're doing now makes most people a younger generation. I'll say not all, this is a very uncomfortable place for them to be. A lot of us can't do the one-on-one talk anymore and have an honest conversation. Right. Um, we can't over a text. Right. You know, I, I've heard of I've heard of people breaking uh, up or getting divorced over text. Yeah. I'm like, well, y'all don't know my wife. That yeah. would not work. She'd yeah. be, you know, yeah. there'd be a hammer coming to find the phone I text her on. Yeah. You know, she might pop out through the phone. F- through the phone, uh, <laughs> and you're probably right. I can see that happening. But a one-on-one. Yeah. You know. That's where you dig down to that heart and that soul of that person. Mm-hmm. And you really find you you find that we all have a mastery with us, yes. through us, in us. Absolutely. They all are different. Yeah. Um, but it's there, but you will never know, A, if you don't take the time mm-hmm. to sit down and just ask somebody. Because really, uh, the world may not believe this anymore, but I could pull anybody at random that would be willing and I could sit down and ask them some of the most personal questions. And a lot of people are happy to share their story. They are. Because stories within themselves, you know, you're you're like me. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. You you know I like books. I love books. I don't know why, but they intrigue me as some people find art intriguing or whatever. There's not enough books I'll die before I ever get to probably a tenth of the books written, okay? And I, I will read a book about, when I say read, I'm cheating, I'm I'm listening mm-hmm. about anything. Subjects I don't know, because after I read it, I know a little bit about it, right? Mm-hmm. But something about it, I enjoy a book. The part about it is, though, that makes me like doing this is how many people do we pass every day, mm. every day, that their story will never be down on paper? Yeah, and it's sad. And it could be a better book than I've ever read. Yeah. So my, I, I've, I've made a deal with myself mm. to the day the Lord says, hey, you're done, yep. or whatever. If I can't talk, I'll, I'll, I'll get an interpreter. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm going to ask the questions. Because I won't, I believe everybody has a book and a story to share, and curiosity will allow other people to listen to it. And everybody learns from everybody. Yes, um, you can take a human being and give them what they need to survive, mm-hmm. but no stories. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. no interaction other than here's the food, here's the water, gone. Here's yeah. the food, here's the water. Yeah, they'll. That'll be the saddest thing ever because mm-hmm. you you and I both, Daniel, anybody that produces, you still remember stories that your grandparents told you, yeah, your parents told you, whether they're true or not. Um, they could be old wives' tales. Mm-hmm. 
but they still are a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to capture as many people and as many people's stories as I can yeah. because I believe if people will open up about that part of them, mm-hmm. their ability to become leaders mm-hmm. at to where they're not now, mm-hmm. they feel like they're stuck now. Mm-hmm. They're, they feel like they have gone as far as they can go yeah. in their life of what they were given. Yeah. First of all, that's a lie. Okay, they just don't. They haven't realized it yet. But if somebody will open, if they'll open up and tell their story, there may just be something inside their story that shows they're an expert in something that somebody needs. That breaks them right out of the box. It's one hundred percent true. But it's just not enough of us that want to know your story because I take you back to the last yeah. podcast. Yeah. And I heard this the other day too, and I, you know, I said Josh said it first, but you hire the people. Mm-hmm. Not the skill set. Right. But that can be taught. Can. You'll be surprised to the skills that people have talking to them that they never divulge. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I was talking to somebody on vacation. Um, Lori and I went to uh, Park Vista in Gatlinburg. I don't know if you stayed there yet. I have not, no. I think they pump like this, like uh, Legionnaire's disease back in the, <laughs> they must pump this gas into the rooms where you just instantly crash and like all yeah. worries aside. If you want to sleep and yeah. be so comfortable, that's the place. <laughs> they haven't paid me to say this because we went there for like ever. Yeah. But my gosh. Yeah. Oh, best rest you'll ever get in your life. And that's the fudge mm, on tap. Fudge and sleep. Yeah. Fudge and I mean, what I else mean, come do on you now. want? <laughs> it was awesome. Now, you know, they had like a 60 inch TV in the room. Okay. And we realized on the way home, we never turned it on once. Yeah. Like, you don't need to. Right. Um, but we met these people uh, down in the lobby because every night around seven o'clock, uh, a guy named Bobby, you know, I got his story, right? Mm-hmm. He comes in and plays the grand piano, and it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. I just, I like to sit around with my wife, and we met this other couple, and they're from western Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, and we were talking about their children and, mm-hmm. and talking about what he does and things like this. Mm-hmm. And the commonality all of a sudden went from two strangers on the elevator to we have almost everything in common. Yeah. But, see, that happens every day. Mm-hmm. But nobody takes the time and say, hey, how are you doing? Correct. Hey, where are you from? Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. I learned Bobby, the piano player. Bobby was a session player in Nashville, Tennessee, for the biggest names you ever want to know for 45 years. Hmm. Bobby's in his 70s now, and he comes there every day just to continue to play and see the people smile. Hmm. And takes a box of food home with him. Yeah. He don't need the money. No. But he does what he does because he loves it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know. That little trip, yeah, sure, it was an anniversary trip. And sure, you know, I wanted to show my wife that I appreciated her for that 25 yeah. years putting up with this. Yeah. But it didn't take away who I was of being curious and learning about everybody yeah. around me. Yeah. And, like, that made me happy about Bobby's story. So I came home and looked him up. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, the best. Hmm. He's played with, name them, he's played with them. Wow. Um, this couple, they're awesome. They, he, they have a grading company, concrete mm-hmm. company. That's another contact of yeah. an expert in that pile of what I told you last episode yeah. of your board of directors. Yeah. You have to have communication with you other do. people. You have to connect. So, and that's hard in today's world. It's hard in today's world. You know, and, but I think people still want it. Well, I know they want it because of the emails that I received of your, uh, of your and I's conversation, the first conversation. Yeah. They were so curious. They're like, wow. 
because e- even our buddy Mark, mm-hmm. even he had wrote down, he said, that's two of the best talking right there. <laughs> but come, the emails were like, we want to know more about y'all. Yeah. What's the story there? Yeah. You know? Sure. And so, I, you know me, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, okay. Yeah, let's I, do it. I'm going yeah. to try to get as much of that story as we can. So I want to take you back to around 17, mm-hmm. when you are 17. Mm-hmm. This is right before you go as a firefighter. Correct. Right? Yeah. What happened there in your brain? Yeah, you know, um, it was I, I was I was kind of like a unicorn, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I was I, I would say popular. I wasn't the most popular person, um, you know, but I was I was up there. Right. Um, uh, I, I got, can see that. You know, I, I got along with a lot of people. I played basketball, so I was you know I was a jock. Um, um, but I got along with everybody. Right. Even the what you would call back then the nerds and the kids the nerds, with disabilities, the skaters. And, you know, one of the guys, Josh. I remember him. Uh, he was a twin. Um, his brother was completely normal. He uh, was in a wheelchair his entire life. Right. And you know, I made it a point that I would go wheel him around and be friends with him. That's right. You know what I mean? Um, I, get, I get it. So that that's just who I was. But it was also that weird spot because I think at that age, you know, you're either like you're not in or you're in. Right. 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 And I was that unicorn where I was kind of both. Right. And while that was kind of cool to me. Right. It also brought a lot of challenges itself, it, yeah. you know. Um, so uh, I struggled with, uh, I think, really knowing who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I struggled with um, not necessarily um, having the friends or the girlfriends and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, I didn't really have. Um, I was a good boy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I'm proud, of, I'm proud of that. Me too. You know, and, and I didn't do things that most uh, teenage boys do with women. Right. I don't have to elaborate on that anymore no, no. um that's not who i was right um so a lot that was of, my brother yeah so a lot of women wouldn't want to date me which hey whatever, whatever. right um uh, but my goal was always to treat them with the most uh respect as possible and you know while i think that was a great thing i think girls in that age didn't really give a crap about that but i you think know? you know they look back now and now they realize how great of a guy you were. Well, well I, it maybe, takes time. Maybe, oh, oh, I know. You know I know. Maybe. I've had conversations with. You know plenty. what's funny though that I think I can talk about with that is that's probably true. Is you know who loved me the most was all the girls' mothers. That's right. And not in a weird way. No, no. But they're like, you need to date that guy. Right. And they're like, no, he's not cool enough. He's not going right. to be smoking and, you know. Right, right. Sex. He's, he's so not the bad like, boy. No. Right, exactly. Um, but I never understood. I'm like, why is all the mothers like me? Right? Well, no. Okay. No, well, did. that's, you know. Um, so I think it was a really weird spot. So I think there was that point at 17 where, um, you know, who am I? Mm. What what am I supposed to do? What, where am I supposed to be? And, and we've talked about this. You know, I, I grew up fairly poor. Um, mm-hmm. you know, my, my dad worked his butt off, you know, um, and, and, and my mother did her side jobs and tried to take care of the house. And, um, I kind of was just in a weird spot. I mm-hmm. would say at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I also knew that I had struggles when it comes to education. So mm-hmm. you have this big life choice coming up, right? Because, mm-hmm. and, and this is, we can talk about later on where I want to talk about things a little bit differently and where we need to go, but got to go to college. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you don't have good grades or you, you struggle or you don't know what you want to do. Right. Got to go to college. Right. Well, that's not the only answer, but that back then that was the only answer. Mm-hmm. So now there's also that, who am I? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do? Can I do it? Right. So that is, if if I were to paint a picture of 17, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that 17 year old, see that 17 year old me was, I was working in a mill mm-hmm. loading yarn mm-hmm. and there were krillers. Mm-hmm. And these krillers were ladies in their sixties, and uh, I don't know if you ever saw a krill. Mm-hmm. 
but you have to load these packs of yarn. They look like, uh, almost look like beehives, if you will. And they had a chalk number written above their krill, and you had to match that number with the box of yarn that you'll be loading that night. And some of these krills ran 12 hours. And you had to hustle and bust it and bust it because of, A, if they ran out, a loose end, they had to stop the whole process, which was like a four-hour process to start back up. And I had nine that I was responsible for, nine creels. Mm. And they they always walked around with these little razor blades. And these razor blades for when they would tie the ends together to cut mm. the loose ones off, you know. But when I did a really, really good job, I still didn't know where in my life I needed to be. But I knew I was working there to get money for I didn't know why. But what I learned from them, I remember one night I was – and if you hadn't worked in a meal, you won't appreciate this. You're either freezing cold or you're either, (laughs) if it's 95 degrees outside, it's 115 inside. And it was a hot night, and I was literally sweating through my socks. I mean, there wasn't a piece of clothing on me dry. And uh, I killed it that night. I mean, I worked. There were were racks that already had preloaded two, three deep for these people. Mm. Worked and worked and worked. And I was walking out. Three or four of the ladies came walking out behind me. And they all patted me on the back because they were usually mouthy at you. But it was not not bad words. It was words to, oh, come on now. You know, we can't get this. Because what I didn't realize then is one of the one of the creels of the done yarn or the material could be a $150,000 uh, roll. You know, you destroy that. That's not a, that's a big write-off. That's, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. That's a big loss, yeah. And... But as I did it that night and was walking out and they came up, these ladies that usually are stone-faced came and they patted me on the back and said, you did a great job. I wish, I wish everybody that worked, I wish everybody that, that, that loaded for us worked like you. We did not worry. We knew we were all going to get that done. Mm-hmm. And we're so proud of you. That remains with me. Yeah. Because it did not give me more money. Right. It did not give me a better parking space. <laughs> it did not. People over in other departments had no clue that I was a master criller. Yeah. You know, or yeah. I, I named myself that. that yeah, hey, hey, sounds legit to me. But it gave me the confidence to know if I can satisfy them. And those are the hardest people in the world to satisfy. Mm. I could go through Blue my collar. life and satisfy with anybody. Yeah. So even today when I sit down in front of someone like yourself that's a CEO or I sit down in front of, it could be the president themselves, I know the conversation is going to be completely fine because I satisfied the hardest people to satisfy, the real American worker that paycheck depended on everything. They're they're legit. They're the quality of their work of America. And so – a lot of my curiosity and my questions just come from that place. Yeah, it's just I love people that have titles, but there's a it's there, just a title. There's a something in them yeah. Yeah. that they want to know. Yeah, but okay, so 
you get to the point, what takes you over to the fire department? Yes. Yeah, because so, I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, Sorry absolutely. No, that. you're fine. Um, so my my grandfather, so I've never got to meet my grandparents. Okay. Um, they were all gone before I was I was born. So well, that stinks. Yeah, it stinks. I lost out in that, which yeah. is kind of a bummer. So um, just another another thing that I missed out of as a child. But um he was uh, one of the founders of the local fire and EMS agency. Mm-hmm. Um, again, uh, other than just hearing about it, mm-hmm. you know, there was no connection there. But um, I was like, you know what? I'm turning 18. I can be a firefighter. I'm going to join a local fire department. Mm-hmm. Something to do. Because, mm-hmm. again, I wasn't a partier. I didn't go out and drink. I didn't go do right. these things with the kids my age. So I needed to find someone to kind of connect with. Right. So, and, the, and the pagers were cool. And the pagers were cool, That's right? It. You know, right. I got to put a blue light in my car and look yeah. like I was super awesome. And, right. you know, meanwhile, now oh, I look yeah. back, I'm like, wow, I was such a nerd. <laughs> yes. But, you know, it is what it is, right? Uh, so, um, yeah, so I joined the fire department and um, had no clue what that consists of, what I was going to be doing, what I was going to be seeing. Mm-hmm. But I joined and it felt good to be a part of something uh, bigger. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I had my first fire call. Mm. And uh, that is where I think uh, probably is a huge part in my life, in my career, where things started to take the track on where I was going to be today. Right. Yeah. I think you and I talked a little bit about that call. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was not a fire call. Right. right. Uh, it was a fire call, but it wasn't a, a, a fire department type call. Um, it was an EMS call. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to go assist for a uh, cardiac arrest. So I'm 18 years old. I go up in this high rise. They have this guy out in the hallway, not in his not in his apartment, but in the hallway. He's blue, and I walk in there, and I see two paramedics doing CPR on this guy. One guy's laying on his belly above his head, you know, intubating, and I'm sitting there going, "What? What the heck is going on? Right. Like this is insane, right?" So I'm trying to gather it mentally from a what are they doing? There's, there's, there's this point of interest. There's this point of fear. Um, then there's this point of, Oh my gosh, this guy's dead. Mm-hmm. And now these people are trying to save their lives. Mm-hmm. And at that point I had no desire, no thought mm-hmm. of EMS. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what it really was. Right. Right. Um, and I remember them loading him up and we took him in the ambulance and, and I got back in our fire truck and on the way back, I'm like, what did I just see? Mm-hmm. But there was something there. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm full of emotions, but that was cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, I grew in the fire department phase, um, but I immediately went and started asking questions. Yeah. And that's where I think, again, I started that. Same thing with you. I just Curiosity. Ask, curiosity, right? I just want to know. Um, so I got myself set up in my first EMT class, scared yeah. because again, I'm coming out of, you know, I'm in high school, I'm coming out of it. I've struggled my entire right. educational career right. and I'm thinking, can this dummy really pass an EMT right. class, let alone put someone's life in my hands? Right. Uh, I don't know, you right. know, um, but I passed it and did really well and uh, started my EMS career. And see, that was a, you know, something though, you do really well in things that you don't realize, but it's not work. It becomes uh, like a love, a passion. It's fun, yeah. Um, you know, and of course, what we mean by that, the, it's it's not fun innovating somebody no, or, or doing no, no. things of that nature. But what but what's fun about it is for ourselves, mm-hmm. or I'll speak for myself, mm-hmm. is having the opportunity to help somebody in a helpless yeah, situation. Absolutely. 
and me for some odd reason, because I think that's why we're, God builds us all differently, where there, I know more people that could not do what we do. Absolutely. Than could. We find it stimulating in our brain mm-hmm. to, to have the opportunity. Yeah. We may or may not win. Yeah. But give me the ability to try. Yeah. And I think that is like just fundamentally us. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's important. You made me think of something too the other day. Um, we were talking off the show about a few things, but I was thinking on the drive home. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I told you this yet or not, but I kind of related my life to this. You've heard the old saying, you know, as you climb the ladder. Be careful if you slide down who you're going to pass. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you why that doesn't happen to to you. Hmm. Um, you came from the fireman world. Correct. And I believe that you do something similar to what I do. Mm-hmm. And I happened to see this on TV that same night I thought about this. So I said, that's an omen. Yeah, isn't that crazy okay? that happens? That's when you know you need to pay attention, right? Well, there was this big fire, and I couldn't tell you where it's at. It was in the U.S. somewhere. Mm-hmm. But a large ladder... A large uh, a truck came with with a huge extended ladder, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was watching this fireman go, and he was moving. Uh, and and, and it, I don't know the, the vertical degree, but if it wasn't straight up, it was as close to yep. straight up it could be, yep. all right? But he had his left hand on the side rail. Correct. And he was moving so fast using his right hand, which I felt that he was pulling himself up. So me being curious, I stopped it. I paused it. And, you know, I don't know if you're on TV, you get that, you know, where you can slow play it, mm-hmm. zoom, mm-hmm. then it's all get, it gets all uh, digitally and everything. What he was doing is every step he took, the step above where he was, his foot was going to be placed. He was placing a hook. Yep. That was attached to the belt. Yeah. Right here. Ladder belt. Ladder yep. belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if he slips, he's not going to fall. Right. Yep. So and he makes it all the way up the top just as quick as he. Well, I'd say ten times quicker than I could running it. Yeah. But obviously he was prepared and trained and well what he did. Yeah. I took that and I realized something about my life, and then I thought instantly about you on this we do enjoy climbing that ladder but one thing that we do on that ladder is every step we're always hooking ourselves because mm-hmm. we know that we're imperfect mm. and we know that the weather conditions can change immediately on us which can make it slippery the steps are slippery and also, the higher altitude you get, it gets colder, mm-hmm. and there's more moisture. All these things are you don't think about at the time because we're trying to get up to where we're going. But a lot of people slip in our industry or slip trying to go to the top, and they slide all the way back down the ladder, and unfortunately, either they get hurt, mm-hmm. they have to recover, then try the ladder again, and the ladder to them at that point becomes not so so motivating. Mm-hmm. Because they know they got a long way to go again, mm-hmm. but then there's the you and I, and I said I know Josh does this because of the fire training. <laughs> the very worst you can do in that bad situation when your feet do slip, which it's going to slip, it will. Yeah. 
you land on the same foot peg that you were coming off of. You're not going all the way back down the ladder. Right. And just learning how to use that right hand to ensure that you click to the next and stabilize it will save your life all the way to the top. It will. And that was huge for me to hmm. pause that, That's really open cool. that up. Yeah. Because so many people, so many young people, yeah. uh, uh, we had, uh, I think from my previous show, I think I had 17 emails from uh, seniors. Uh, I would say they were, div- they were divided from two schools. It's one of the schools, oh, but but no, it, but I appreciated them both. Mm-hmm. Talking about, I think one of them, and I'm paraphrasing here, can't remember exactly what it said, but it was like, um, you know, what did uh, what was your motivation to drive the ladder, mm-hmm. to, to climb the ladder? Yeah. You know, was there not ever a point that you thought this is good enough? Right. Well, this is why I said, you know, I wanted to go back and, you know, dig when we were young. But I also wanted to let them know this. Us climbing that ladder, we've had a safety hook mm-hmm. the whole time mm-hmm. that from a distance you can't notice. Right. But we would never go to the next step until we were sure mm-hmm. that hook was in place. You got it. So to answer that that question that was sent in, um, and the person that sent it in um, is a, it was a group. Mm-hmm. They were they were uh, they were a, a sorority. Okay, okay, that's great. Yeah. Um, to let you guys know, everybody that's in my world mm-hmm. that I'm friends with, mm-hmm. we all have a safety or a security system. Our lives are important to us, even though yeah. we service other people's lives. Correct. We still have a life to live. That life, as we mentioned on every show, I think I talk about this all the time. Duke Byward's eventually going to have to be a guest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but your power bill is not going down. Right. Your food costs continue to go up. Yeah. Your mental health remains important to you. Yes. Um, many things that you're going through as a student right now, we still have the exact same things that we have to go through. Correct. But where we became a magician, mm-hmm. I would say, and it's not hidden, mm-hmm. you just need to look. When you see that guy climbing that ladder, mm-hmm. look somewhere because he's hooking himself or she's hooking the, herself mm-hmm. because we may have tried to climb a few steps of the ladder before and slid down, and we didn't want to repeat that. Right. So when you talk to a real professional, you talk to to people like Josh, or you talk to people like uh, Dr. Roland White or Dr. Cynthia Smoke or or uh, Reverend Brandon Couch, you hear the, all the same thing going. They have worked to get to where they are. They've overcome struggles, such as Josh was talking about, from a young age, I mean, had many setbacks, things that could have altered or changed oh, the trajectory of your a life. Different life right now. Me too. I mean, I could have just let that one taken on a blind date just totally destroy my yeah. self confidence. Now I think I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. Looking good for you. That's yeah, it. So, but you I'm, I'm taking you know over 25 <laughs> years. So I'm sorry, ladies. But yeah. but 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 I'm happy with myself. Right. That's you know, that's what's most important. I, I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, can't say so about Chris McCarthy, my doctor, but I'm good with it. <laughs> but I can secretly tell you that 
we're not a magician, but you got to look carefully because there's been a hook each time. Yeah. yeah. And that hook, I would say, in our world, mm-hmm. is making sure that we've done all we can do on the step yeah. b- below us yeah. before we try to go to that next step. You know, you know, I, I I think that is spot on. You know, and for the students, I want to share too. You know, it. it whether you call it connectivity or you call it, you know, hooking into something, you can't do the things that you want to do by yourself. No. And anybody that tells you that you can, it's a lie. It's a lie. You need to connect yourself. You need to align yourself with the right people. Mm-hmm. And those people, not only are they right, but they align with who you are as a human being, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to add to the whole connectivity from, the, you know, hooking onto the ladder is yeah, if you don't do that, you're falling to your death potentially, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. S- serious injury, or you know your career is now gone, right? Right. But I want you you to know too that when you're connected and you still slip because there's still give there, mm-hmm. you're gonna have those bloody shins, mm-hmm. maybe a black eye from smacking your face off that ladder. That's and true. the thing is, is that's better than death. Yes, that's better than your career going down, right? right. But what's most important about that piece is that. Those bruises are what makes you. Yes. That's what makes you learn. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that again. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not, not only am I going to hook myself onto the right people, but I'm going to keep both hands on the wrong. Right. You know, um, that is what's so important. And I think I've talked to you about this before, and I'm not the first one to come up with it. But again, the best of you comes through your failures. That's right. You falling but being connected to the right people mm-hmm. and having those bloody shins, mm-hmm. it's not fun. No. And if you have pride issues, you're really not going to like it. No, right? you're, you're going to hate it. However, if, you, if you're connected to the right people and you don't try to, to fix it by yourself and you reach out to those people that might know something better than you mm-hmm. or might have those relationships to help you through that, that season, mm-hmm. you're going to come out of it stronger. You will. You know, and now your next couple rungs, you're running off that sucker. Yes. Right? So I I think that's a great way of looking at it. You know, it well, in in my world, you know, I've two things from that. Your Mm -hmm. statement, which you're dead on with that, is I've learned to hook, then pull with both arms. Yes. Okay? Mm -hmm. It may take a millisecond, but, you know, over a course of time, a millisecond still is not even going to equal five minutes over a lifetime. Right. All right? So you're much safer hooking than pulling with both. But another thing in directly related to my world that I've overcome the fear of the word being canceled. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I've decided this. I'll, I'm curious. But I also am not opposed to somebody being opposed to my view. No, that's normal. That's normal. I like it's that. Okay. We think it should be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, to have a good wholesome argument Mm -hmm. can and usually will offend or hurt somebody's feelings. Sure will. And people are scared, especially being on the air that I'm going to offend someone or cancel. I've got over that. Yeah. Because what we're not going to learn from each other or we're too scared to ask or talk about to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. To be, I can't believe you said that. You really believe that? You think that way? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, blows aren't going to be thrown. Feelings might be hurt for just a moment. But guess what? We're going to end back up at a place of we may never agree with each other. Right. But I'm so curious 
at least I'll now have a new respect and understanding for your belief, mm. why you're thinking the way you are. And if you get out of your own way, yeah. you'll probably learn something from the other person that That's you don't right. agree with. That's right. So half of what I do, because I hear this from my kids all the time, Dad, don't get canceled. Don't get canceled. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't stand that word. <laughs> and and I and I have to tell them well, that's their generation word. Yeah, I know. And I said Walter Cronkite was the master of not getting canceled, and he didn't care. Yeah. But I I told my boys, I said, listen, I said, curiosity does not mean that you have to be a jerk, right. or you have to come across as with a statement. Right. I said a statement is what hurts feelings. Mm-hmm. A question. Which maybe it could offend, but the person has a right to not answer it if it's too offensive. Absolutely. But if they do want to position their self and they truly feel that way about something, mm-hmm. and this something could be as simple as, Josh, at your hospital, why do you have three doors instead of two? Right. Now, that's a question that makes absolutely no sense, but somebody could be a legitimate question. Yeah. Answer that question to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. Don't take it personal. Right. If water runs on your shirt, let it run off your back. Yep. Answer the question. That person may just go, oh, I understand now. Because half of what I believe we're scared of to put out there about ourselves, or somebody will find it not necessarily offensive, but find it um, to the point of, oh, they're not superhuman or mm-hmm. – they're not the person I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? If that's the case, great. It, now you truly know who I am. Yeah. On the other half, if I don't ask the question and I'm so curious about it, mm-hmm. who can I get the answer from? Am I supposed to read it silently off of a, a web page that may or may not be giving me the answer because it may be subjective? Right. So if I can talk to a person one-on-one on the question – about why do you do X at your community? Mm-hmm. Or what are your thoughts about these rules and regulations? Right. Some people are scared to death when I bring that up about rules and regulations because they know that somebody's listening to it. Well, you know what? They're subjected to. Sure. And if I really want to know the answer to that question, believe me, I will call whether it's OSHA, whether it's DHEC, whether it's whoever, uh, and have a rep here mm-hmm. and ask them that question so they can speak for the organization. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, the whole cancel thing doesn't scare me. And, and I think that those people that especially do podcasts, you know, Joe Rogan pops in my head. Oh, yes. Love him or hate him. Right. Yep. Right. You know why he doesn't care? Because I truly do think that he wants the best for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, if and you don't have to agree with those people, mm-hmm. right? But you know, when I talk about stuff, um, it's my it's my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's the right way. No, it's my way of thinking. But you know why I can talk confidently about it is because I want it to be the right thing for everybody. Right. I care about everybody. Right. Even those people that have a different religious, political, whatever may be a view from me. Right. I still want the best for them. Me too. Right? And I think that's 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 where some of us like you and I can just right. not worry about it because no. I know where I'm coming from. The other thing that I'm really struggling with in today's world is, well, that's my truth. Right. There's no such thing as my truth. No. There's truth. There's truth. There's, <laughs> you know, a good friend of mine is just retired as a police officer. Okay. He's, he's so glad he retired. Uh, Lord paid him back. He had three girls. And oh, me and him were friends wow. growing up. And I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> I knew when that happened, bud. You know, but, but. 
his way, and it stuck with me, and I think I've heard this before, but he used this so much, I just credit him from, you know, embedding this in me as since I was 15, probably. Yeah. He said, you know, there are three truths. You know, there's their truth, your truth, and the truth. Mm -hmm. And we have a way of expanding on the truth, Mm -hmm. which is no good. Nope. Or eliminating some of the truth. Mm -hmm. That's no good. Sometimes the truth is just the truth. Yeah. And it may be a good truth. It may be a bad bad truth. truth. Sure. But we can learn something from just the real truth. Yeah. And if we don't like what the truth is, Mm -hmm. let's work to amend a different truth and then have that be the, the set for us. To create a new reality. Well, I think that's, you know, I think that's how I look at it is, you know, I can understand people not liking the truth, but what we're trying to do is say, well, that's not what I like. So here's my truth. And this is what it is. Instead of doing that, because that's impossible. Right. That's impossible. It's impossible. And that is going to set us behind. That is not going to move us forward. And I'm not talking about politics. No. This is not politics at all. This is just general in general. Yes. But what you can do is say, man. I don't like that that's the truth, not one bit. But can we figure out a different way to approach this or look at this or deviate from it a little bit mm-hmm. to, to, to broaden it up a little bit, knowing, though, at the core, the truth is the truth, whether right. you like it or not. Right. That That's where you can be a little bit more flexible. Right. But this whole, like, nope, I don't believe it. That's not the truth. This is what I think that's the truth. We're, that's a dangerous path. The, I, I'll I'll put this on there, and, and usually, you know, I don't necessarily go talk talk about work. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk. You know, what I do is talk about everything that helps everybody. But yeah. here's what I've noticed. Let me tell you this culture that I've just noticed on what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know, but outside of this, you know, obviously, I and and, and sponsored by the show is Select Care Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they sponsor all of this and give me the leeway to have these great conversations. Yeah. So cool. One thing I've noticed in the business of you know, calling on and visiting uh, hospitals or uh, especially long-term care facilities Mm -hmm. and skilled nursing facilities is we have competitors, Mm -hmm. you know, which is fine. I mean, you've talked about it before. Absolutely. Look, competition is good. Mm -hmm. I've got another pharmacy that I'm, I'm really, really good friends with the owner of it. And I love the competition between us. Yeah. And he's also the type of person, if I need to borrow a purple marker, Mm -hmm. he'd give me the purple marker, Mm -hmm. you know, same here. Right. But I'm seeing people come in, and they're they're selling this concept of what I deeply down in my heart know is not realistic a, of a pharmacy. What, what what I promise, what I always tell our clients and my customers is, I want to give you good old fashioned customer service. When you call the pharmacy, you're not getting a call tree. Mm-hmm. You're getting a real person to answer the telephone, okay? And we've made this way on on purpose. Mm -hmm. We could have had all that installed. We had the technology of all to fill all the medications you could ever imagine, Mm -hmm. but we left that customer service point up front. And one thing I don't offer you the moon and the stars, knowing that I can't sell you the moon and the stars. But I but I see people in the same type industry coming in and I know because clients will call me and tell me so-and-so was just here. Yeah. This is what they're able to do. And I know that it's not possible. 
And but yet it seems as if some people want to hear something better than the truth and only to become disappointed at a later or real quick later mm-hmm. when that's not the case because they're hearing all this hype and all this jazz right. of, rhetoric. of of not reality. Correct. And I almost feel that we're we're society based. We're getting out of you know, the door-to-door salesman type mm-hmm. where he says, let me tell you what this with this vacuum cleaner right. can do, mm-hmm. and let me show you what it can't. Mm-hmm. People are wanting to hear now, what can you do? Mm-hmm. And they want to hear that elaborated, but they don't want to hear the, the boundaries of what it can't do. Right. And I find that really problematic. I, Very. It, it, it's it's going to run into a problem. And I'm not talking about just in my industry. I thought I, I wanted to get that off my chest because yeah. I had just read something. We're literally a, I had a phone call. Andy, the moon, the stars were promised to me, this and this and this. And, and the only thing I could say without because I'm not one to rip. A, a, I won't talk bad about anybody. Sure. But I just told this person on the phone, I said, let me know when all that happens. Yeah. Because unfortunately, I've done this a long time. My integrity mm-hmm. will not allow me to let tell you that that can happen. Correct. Because half of that hasn't been invented yet to happen. Correct. All right. But if I don't want society to become the the world where you and I like to hear the truth and the boundaries. Mm-hmm. There's got to be both. You know, mm-hmm. the the ocean has to end and the beach has to start. We know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if I told you about this beautiful ocean and all the fish, but none of the islands that you get your boat stuck stuck on? Right. See, then I've I've created a problem that you didn't even anticipate. Yeah. Well, it leads to 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 false expectations, but it also leads to uh, missed opportunities. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I think that even with a negative of anything, um, you know, there's opportunity in the negative. Yes. And if all you care about the positive, you're going to go for something that's not real. Right. You know, and and now you you don't know what the opposite side of that looks like, and now you're back to square one. Right, or even worse than you were before you started. Correct. Because now you've got not only you have to explain the the negative to yourself. Now yeah. you, you got probably a hundred family members asking about correct those islands. Yeah, that, absolutely. That were never brought to their attention as well. Yeah, and I just. I'm trying to avoid that. I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep it real. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep people's expectations in line mm-hmm. with great service of any kind. Right. This could be from a local restaurant to anywhere. Right. I mean, I, I couldn't expect to pull up to a hamburger joint and say, "Josh, what do you want? Let me get a burger." All right, good. I'll take a lobster. Yeah. And they're like, uh, "Sir, it says we serve burgers." Yep. But all of a sudden, you know, they put an ad out in the paper. Today, we're ser- selling lobsters just to get people in. No, we don't have lobsters, but you want a hamburger? They're yeah. they're hoping that at least thirty percent of those people say, "Well, I'll just settle for a burger." It's a crazy thing on marketing. Yeah, I mean, it's and so <laughs> so I'm always working with uh, what's the term I used the other day that my 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 wife just said, "You're just crazy." I said, "It's the truth. We all do it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, um, indirect marketing. Indirect marketing. Yeah. You know, I'm always indirect marketing myself mm-hmm. or or my job or sure. or whatever because I feel like I'm a, I'm a I'm a representative of it. Yeah, but at the same time. I don't have to play this fake attitude so much because the guy you're going to meet like right here behind the microphone mm-hmm. will be the same guy you meet in Walmart. Yep. And I don't have to keep up with all the stories and the tales that I've told you because it, it just keeps me, me. Uh, Andy is, just be it, real. is the pharmacy still doing this? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
Josh, um, is the hospital still got the gym and the mm. car? Yep, we still got it. We've even found a new way to do certain things with it. Yep. You know, as we learn, mm-hmm. we're growing more with it. Yeah, that's what makes it great. You know, yeah, I agree. Um, it, it just works. But I think that. Yep, I, I think that we have got close, and I think we've answered most of everybody's questions. All right, good, good. That we can get, and and I hope you guys that have asked those questions and reached out have got a better understanding of kind of who we are, yeah. Uh, how the younger years shaped now, uh, how we're confident, but we haven't forgotten. No. Um, you can ob- honestly hear from this show that some of those areas are still raw. Mm. Um, don't think about them often, but uh. They sit on our shoulder. <laughs> and they will. They, they'll always sit on our <laughs> shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and maybe they sit on their hire sometimes when we need them to. Yes. To drive a little bit. But uh, once again, um, I always thank Josh for being a guest. Um, the questions just came in so deep. I just had to have you come in quicker than normal because yeah. I felt like, you know, if somebody responds that quick. And um, by the way, congratulations on your award. Thank you. Number one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I loved how you put it. It's just the little things. It is the little things. Um, yeah. That was number one for what? Uh, that was my one year. One year. Yeah. That's it. That, yep. Yep. One, one year. year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he still got a job. So that, I still that, got a that, job. That, yeah. That, 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 that is something. And, uh, no, you guys are doing great. Yeah. Um, you got Encompass is growing. Yes. Um, yeah. Like a mothership, it is. Uh, it, it really is. <laughs> yeah. uh, and everybody that I've spoke to, you know, in our industry, and honestly, um, I've read a lot of articles outside of our state. Yeah, I mean, you guys are just you're solid all the way through. Yeah, it's uh, a with, great company. So yeah, I, I give kudos to everybody, and yeah. a lot of your encompass groups follow uh, your um, uh, coworkers follow the show. Good. Guys, I, I thank you for that. Yes, thank um, you. Yeah, because, you know, we like to put a lot of good things out there, and, and hopefully some of these things on the other shows, when Josh isn't here, yeah. you're listening to, and you're going, ah, yeah. that's interesting. I well, didn't know that. We're always going to promote you. You do a great job, so. Yeah, I so. mean, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, I just, I just when 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 people ask, and especially this show, because I was going to have you come in anyway and say, okay, how how has the hospital progressed? How have yeah. we been doing? Yeah. But I just didn't have time because literally the amount of emails that I got, it started blowing up on my phone, and I was like, wow. oh, these – there's a lot of emails coming here and I thought they were going to be about something else, but it was just questions in regards to us. And yeah, some, and, and awesome. some came from Spotify. Some came from Podbean, uh, Apple play, um, audible. Um, yeah. people just happen to click on and go, I guess it's what they have programmed in the car, yeah, what they like. That's great. So you can find this anywhere guys. And as always, as I'll end it, uh, if you have any additional questions for myself or for Josh, uh, feel free just to send me an email at Andy, at selectcarerx.com, or you can call me directly at 864-934-8950. Josh, I'm sure you'll be back on again. I would love to. Um, I'm sure we'll get more emails. Um, they may want us to do a show on parapsychology. Let's do it. Let's do Let's it. Do that, it. That, that would be fun. Uh, but we do appreciate you listening, guys. Um, please share with your friends uh, all that you can. Uh, that helps the show grow and, and helps keep things moving on. Uh, if you know of anybody that you would find interesting being a guest on the show, I would love for you to reach out and uh, love to have them on the show. And I hope you guys have a great week and God bless. Thank you. Thank you for listening to We Think, We Talk. All information discussed on this show is for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your medical or healthcare professional for more medical advice.